hard plastic forehead of his goalie mask with his pistol barrel and shook out the cobwebs as he turned toward the door. A pro, an athlete at the top of his game. He was at the height of his powers. Jem stood across from him like a mirror image. The dusty navy blue jumpsuit zipped over the armored vest, the gun in his gloved hand, and the white goalie mask marked up with black stitch scars. Jem had been especially proud of that detail on the masks, his tribute to Jerry Cheevers. Happy voices approaching, muffled, keys turning in reinforced locks, strong bars releasing. A spear of daylight, a woman's hand on the knob, and the kick of a chunky black shoe, and the swish of a black floral skirt walking into Doug's life. He seized the branch manager's arm and spun her around in front of him, showing her the pistol without jamming it in her face. Her eyes were green and bright and full, but it was his mask that scared short her scream, not the colt. Jem kicked the door shut behind the assistant manager, smacking the cardboard caddy out of the guy's hand. Two steaming cups of coffee splattered against the wall, leaving a runny brown stain. Doug took the bank keys from the manager's hand and felt her going weak. He walked her down the short hallway to the teller's row behind the front counter where Glonzy, identically dressed, masked, and Kevlar bulked, waited. The bank manager startled at the sight of him, but she had no breath left for screaming. Doug passed her off to Glonzy, who laid her and the gray-suited assistant manager face first on the carpeting behind the cages. Glonzy started yanking off their shoes, his voice deepened and filtered by the mask. Lie still. Shut your eyes. Nobody gets hurt. Doug moved with Jem through the open security door into the lobby. Dez stood beside the front door, hidden from Kenmore Square by the drawn blinds. He checked the window before flashing a blue glove thumb, and Doug and Jem crossed the only portion of the lobby visible from the ATM vestibule. Jem unfolded a deep canvas hockey bag on the floor. Doug turned the stubbiest key on the manager's ring in the night deposit cabinet lock, and silver plastic deposit bags spilled to the floor like salmon from a cut net. After raiding the night drop, Doug went on alone to the access door behind the ATM. He matched key to lock, then looked over to the teller's cages where Jem had the branch manager on her feet. She looked small without shoes, head down, hair slipping over her face. Again, Jem commanded her. Louder. She said, staring at the floor. Four, five, seven, eight. Doug ignored the choke in her voice and punched the code into the mechanical dial over the key. The door swung open on the ATM closet, and Doug unlatched the feeder and pulled the cash cassette. After the long weekend, it was less than half full. He scooped out the sheets of postage stamps as an afterthought and dumped them with the tens and twenties into the bag. Then he flipped the service switch, reloaded the empty cassette, and hustled back past the check writing counter, running the bag through the open security door to the teller's cages. There, he retrieved a small strong box from a drawer at the head teller station. Beneath some dummy forms and a leftover stack of flimsy giveaway 1996 desk calendars was a brown coin envelope containing the cylindrical vault key. They could have been a couple waiting for an elevator except for the gun. Jem and the manager standing together before the wide vault door. Jem was holding her close exploring the curve of her ass through her skirt with the muzzle of his forty-five as he whispered something in her ear. Doug made noise coming up behind them, and Jem's gun moved to her hip. Jem said, she says the time lock is set for 818. 
The digital clock built into the vault door said 8.17. They stood for that one minute in silence, dug behind the manager, listening to her breathing, watching the hands of her self-hugging arms grip her sides. The clock changed to 8.18. Doug inserted the key over the thick black dial. We know all about panic codes, Jem told the manager. Now open it clean. Her hand came out stiffly, steadying itself against the cool steel door and leaving a brief, steamy palm print there before starting in on the dial. When she hesitated after the second turn, Doug knew she had made a mistake. No fucking stalling, said Jem. She dried her quivering hand on her skirt, then reached fast for the dial, her hand darting like a bird from a cage. Doug caught her wrist, held it firm. Slow, he said. Take your time. Once you start, do not stop. She wrapped a fist.